It's a special edition of Catfish on Ice Weekend Edition, episode 217. This is your host, Chad Minton. Welcome in, bringing you this special episode of Catfish on Ice because the Predators go out and get a huge win, stun the Dallas Stars once again on the road in Dallas with a 6-3 win on Friday night. So we are going to break down that great win for the Predators to get back on track after not showing up against the Anaheim Ducks at home. It's just so hard to figure out this Predators team right now because one second they look awful and they look like they're destined to just fall out of the playoff race altogether. Then they come out and beat the Dallas Stars. Going to break down that down that game. Who really stood out in that game? I can go ahead and tell you right now. It was Roman Yossi, the captain, and a lot of the veteran leaders. We're going to talk about their games. There were also some other good role players that stepped up in this game. Also going to throw out a quick preview because the Predators are on a back-to-back. They're coming back home for a Saturday matchup with the Eastern Conference's top wildcard team. So you got a battle between two wildcard teams tonight. One in the Eastern Conference, one in the Western Conference. So the Predators will host the New York Islanders, who have been arguably one of the biggest surprise teams in the NHL this year. But you could argue the that the Predators are also a surprise team this year for a lot of people. And so both teams are trying to prove to the NHL and the rest of the league that they are here to stay and that they are not flukes. So let's break down that game as well to wrap up this special quick edition of Catfish on Ice with your host, Chad Minton, brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN. I'll tell you all about DraftKings and our current offer later on in this episode. All right, so let's get to it with This stunning win over the Dallas Stars. The second time in less than a week that the Predators have knocked off the Stars in Dallas. Not an easy place to play. The Stars have kind of been a little bit of a curse for the Predators ever since 2019. But this has become arguably the biggest rival that the Predators have right now. Two division rivals, two Southern teams... They played in that Winter Classic back in uh, at the Cotton Bowl. They met in the playoffs in 2019, and the Stars got the huge upset. So there's just a lot of bad blood that has been boiling over between these two teams for a while now. And the fact that the Predators have gotten two wins on the road against the Stars in less than a week and should have won that first meeting back right before Christmas at home, if not falling apart in the last 60 seconds. So... What ifs, you can't get caught into what ifs, but we could easily be talking about the Predators having three wins over the Stars already this year. And look, a lot of Stars fans are, they're trying to say their team is definitely not playing well and that they are not living up to their lofty expectations of winning a Stanley Cup this year. They've got a lot of issues, I will say, and I'm going to break it down right now for you. Is this more about the Predators being a legit force when you take take them seriously? Or are the Stars seriously in trouble right now and they're not, they're in danger of not living up to the hype that they had in the preseason? I'm going to lean more towards the Predators are just showing that they are legit and they need to be taken seriously here. Uh, three matchups with the Stars and they've all been back and forth. They've been close games. But in all three games, the Predators jumped out to two goal leads and the stars had to mount the comebacks and in 
Only one of those three games did the Stars actually complete that comeback, as we know, in that December 23rd loss that the Predators took in the first game of the season series. But uh, this happened again in this Friday night game in Dallas. The Stars could not get on the board in the first period. Kevin Lankinen stopped all seven shots in the first period, stopped all seven shots in the second period, and the Predators were able to get a couple goals finally. And they had that two-goal lead, but we always know the Stars are one of the best comeback teams in the NHL. You can never count this team out, and they did it again. They kept trimming the Predators' two-goal lead down to one, and you were just sweating bullets that that the Predators were going to surrender and waste another multi-goal lead. And once again, the Predators are at least able to rectify that curse against Dallas. Frustrating loss for Dallas. Let's look at some standout. Let's look at some numbers, first of all, in this game. We'll say one of the reasons why I don't think that the Stars are as bad as they're looking right now is they're missing one of their top players. Basically, if we were missing Roman Yossi, that's what the Stars are going through by missing Miro Haskinen, their power play quarterback, their one of their definitely their best defender and one of their best players on the team. He's been out for a little bit now. And it is very obvious that the Dallas Stars are missing him and his offense as an offensive defenseman, but also a good two-way defenseman. The, the Stars fail to get even to two expected goals in this game, so a masterful defensive performance by the Predators. But also the Stars get exposed defensively in this game. The Predators pile up the expected goals for themselves with over five expected goals but they only go one for five on the power play. But if you look at this game, what really shifted this game and really locked it in for the Predators to get this win was after Matt Duchesne scored the power play goal with 624 left in the third period, amazingly, amazingly, the Predators clamped down and did not surrender another shot on goal after that power play goal. So they went over six minutes in this game to close out this game and secure this win by not giving up a shot on goal. I have called out this Predators defense for, for being inconsistent, being leaky, being unreliable, being untrustworthy, whatever term you want to use. And they proved me wrong in this one. They really did. To not give up a single shot on goal on the road towards the end of a game, the final six-plus minutes of this game, that's called protecting your goaltender. That's called bringing this thing across the finish line. So huge, huge thing that stands out from this game is that fact right there. No shots on goal surrendered in the final 624 after Matt Duchesne scored. And then the Predators add on a couple empty net goals to make the score a little bit more lopsided than what the game actually was. But yeah, again, go back to the expected goals for in all situations. Uh, the Preds finished with 5.18 expected goals. Dallas, 1.89. So overall, dominant performance by the Predators defensively to, to get this win. Both teams did connect on the power play. Forsberg got the power play goal for Nashville. Duchesne got that one for Dallas. Um, talking about Philip Forsberg and his goal, just a beautiful, patient, methodical power play setup to get Forsberg a wide open net. NHL, the NHL main social media account sent it out there that Roman Yossi froze the Dallas defense. He acted like he was going to shoot up there from the point. And everyone gets ready for a Roman Yossi blast. 
and instead he passes it to a wide. I don't know how Philip Forsberg ends up that open. I mean, that's just a huge breakdown for the Stars penalty kill. But Forsberg takes the puck. How many times have we seen guys panic in that situation? Though, when you're that open, and when, and and if he was puck gazing, and if he wasn't paying attention to what his line mate Roman Yossi was doing. Forsberg might have mishandled that puck. Maybe he would have ski ramped it over the goalie and not even made Ottinger made a save. But no, he he's patient. He takes that puck. He receives it, waits out for a sprawling Ottinger. Ottinger had no chance, and the Predators uh, got that power play goal. Big one there. Let's talk about another standout, though, and it's not one of the usual veteran suspects like Yossi or Forsberg or O'Reilly, but how about Jeremy Lazan in this game? He breaks open the scoring in the second period, finally, nearly at the midway point of regulation before the first goal is scored in this game. And it's Jeremy Lazan, of all people, aggressively battling for loose pucks. He gets his own rebound, drives to the net, and gets the loose change to get his fourth goal of the season. Jeremy Lazan is becoming so, a, a defenseman that just, he doesn't just hit hard, which we know he does that too. He leads the league in hits with 158 hits, which is 20, 26 more than the second place top hitter in the league, which is a player we're very aware of, Tanner Janot. But it's not just that. For Jeremy Lazan. The guy's got 53 shots on goal, a 7.5 shooting percentage, which doesn't sound high, but for a physical defenseman like him, that's actually pretty good. 7.5 shooting percentage, almost 4% improvement over last season's shooting percentage. Like I said, 53 shots on goal has a chance to have a season career high in that department. So he's providing some offense. He's got a shot. He's got a really good hard shot. He skates aggressively. He doesn't just do things in the defensive zone. He makes things happen in the offensive zone. So I love seeing Jeremy Lazan break open the scoring in this game. Going back to Roman Yossi, three assists a night for Yossi. I've been calling out Yossi. I did it in episode 216 that you can check out now on all podcast platforms and on the Catfish and Ice YouTube channel. I've kind of called out Roman Yossi lately for not so much because he's not doing things on the offensive end because he always does that. But his defense has been shaky. I, I referenced that his defensive pairing pairings have been outside the top 60 in terms of expected goals against per 60, which means that he's not providing good defense on his pairings with both Fabro and even when he played with McDonough. So in this game, he does provide much better defense, as you see in the overall numbers for the Preds defense. It was what Andrew Burnett told uh, the, in his post-game comments, said it was a 20-man effort tonight. And Roman Yossi, as the captain, did what great captains do. He steps up, delivers a huge win for his team. He's a big catalyst into this win. Three assists on the night and plays a really strong, much better defensive game along with his defensive pairing line mate, Dante Fabro. So with the three assists, Yossi is now seventh among defensemen in points with 35, including that highlight reel assist to get the power play goal for Philip Forsberg in the third period. Let's move along. Another really cool developing story for the Predators right now is Gus Nyquist. Another 
big time free agency acquisition. It's making Barry Trotz look really, really brilliant right now. Gus Nyquist now has a 10-game point streak after he scores the empty net goal, which was the fifth goal of the night for the Predators. He is just this. I couldn't believe this. I thought there were a few more players that, that achieved this at least. Uh, but the uh, Nyquist is only the sixth player in Preds history to have a double-digit point streak. His point streak has now reached 10 games. This is the first double-digit point streak for the Predators since 2021-22 when Matt Duchesne had a 10-game point streak and Roman Yossi had a 13-game point streak. So pretty rare territory for Gus Nyquist in Predators history with a 10-game point streak with that empty net goal. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Ryan O'Reilly has a three-point game as well. He now has 18 points on the power play. He is the main catalyst for the Predators power play. We know that. He gets up there close in on the net. He he makes things happen. And so on that Roman Yossi assist that made the highlight reels, it was Ryan O'Reilly that had the secondary assist. He had it up behind the net to the side of the net and found Roman Yossi up on the point before it eventually ended up on Forsberg's stick. So a tic-tac-toe power play goal from those three veteran leaders. And again, Ryan O'Reilly is just... Such a major piece into where the Predators are. He is that coach on the ice. He is a player head coach. He is a dual role in that regard. And he, if he wants to, I'm sure he has head coaching futures for him. I would not be surprised after retirement if Ryan O'Reilly becomes a head coach in the in the National Hockey League. Eventually, he he's just he's that wise of a hockey IQ, and it's so invaluable to have him on the ice for the Predators especially on the power play. So, yeah, Barry Trotz looking really, really wise. I know he wasn't officially in the role of general manager yet when those when that, when that the free agency pickups happened, but he was still playing a major role at that point. And the offseason additions of Ryan O'Reilly and Gus Nyquist are just paying dividends for the Predators right now. Mentioned Kevin Lankinen in this game. Only had to face 22 shots, as we already referenced here. The Predators had a really great, strong, and staunch defensive effort in this game against the Stars. But Lankinen did make 19 saves on the 22 shots. And really, his his shining moments were in the first and second period when the Predators hadn't broken through yet. This game was still hanging in the balance at a 0-0 score. Lankinen had to make some really, really quality saves to keep the stars from getting on the scoreboard first. And we all know momentum can change very fast based on who gets that first goal. So credit to Lankinen for holding things together, holding down the fort until the Predators could really explode on offense um, with, with, with finally getting that goal by Lazan nearly halfway through regulation in the second period. So that's really what sticks out to me most from Kevin Lankinen in this game is – holding it together in the first and second period. And then third period, he had to make a couple good saves as well, but it was more or less the Predators protecting the house for Lincoln and, and keeping uh, keeping the Stars from mounting another miraculous comeback like they've done in that first game uh, back in Nashville. So with that said, the standings now, the Predators are 23-18-1 with 47 points. The Dallas Stars fall back to they have 53 points 
So, I mean, the Preds are right there. I mean, they get on one winning streak, and they can quickly make up ground, and they have a shot. They have a shot at, the, at a third-place finish in, the, in this division. They definitely do. It looks like Winnipeg and Colorado are going to start setting themselves apart to battle out for the top spot. I wouldn't count out Dallas, though. I'm, they're still my preseason Stanley Cup pick. They're going through some rough times right now. Like I said, I think they're badly missing – Miro Haskinen, and it's showing. And then also, it was Jake Ottinger's first game back in in a month's time span. And he looked a little rusty, but he did face a lot of shots and a lot of offensive scoring chances for the Predators. He faced way more traffic than Lankinen had to face on the other end. Ottinger will be fine. I think he's definitely, can at times, can be a top-five caliber goalie in this league. So just give... Ottinger some time. I think the Stars are going to kick it into another gear um, as the season goes on in the grinding months of March. And I think that's when the Stars will start figuring some things out and they'll be back to being a force to be reckoned with and they'll be a tough out in the playoffs regardless. But they are going through some rough patches and the Predators definitely have shown that they match up well with the Stars. So you got to think, if, if somehow the If somehow the Predators and the Stars were to play in a playoff series, just judging off these last three games dating back less than a month's time span, the Predators should easily have three wins right now. And in each one of those games, the Predators jumped out to multiple goal leads. And if not for an epic collapse in the final 60 seconds in the first meeting, the Predators are 3-0 and in less than a month against Dallas. So sometimes it's all about matching up against a particular team very, very favorably. And it's looking like the Predators match up with the Stars very, very favorably. So that is something to take home with. Now, of course, it would be kind of hard for the Predators and the Stars to meet in the first round unless somehow the Stars were to get the top spot in the division and the Predators get a wild card spot. That's really the only way I see it happening because I don't see the Predators and the Stars meeting in the first round as the second and third place team because that would mean that either Colorado or Winnipeg would have to fall back into a wild card spot. I don't see that happening. So Preds and Stars would more than likely have to be a second round matchup if they were to face each other in the playoffs. But what a heck of a series it would be if they were to meet in the playoffs. Maybe the Predators can get some retribution for that 2019 first round upset that was kind of the beginning of the end of the David Poyle era. And when fans really started turning on what the predator, what where the predators were going, it was their first season after the president's trophy year, two seasons removed from the Stanley cup. And then they lose in the first round. They haven't won a first round series since 2018. So the stars in a lot of way, just have a lot of bad blood with the predators. So a big win here for the Predators, as they continue to hold on to the wild card spot, but I got to tell you, it doesn't get any easier because you've got Edmonton, who's on a hot streak right now. They're only two points behind the Preds for the second wild card spot. You got Seattle, who's also playing extremely well. They have seemed to wake up from their slumber that they went through to open the season, where they looked really, really bad. They kicked it up another notch, and they are also at 45 points 
in the wild card standings. So the Predators got a few teams nipping at their heels, and it's not going to take. But it, it all it, all it would take is a two or three game losing streak, and the Predators are back out of a playoff picture. So that's really how close this is, and how little room for error you have now that you're in the second half of the season. And I've mentioned this a little bit this week. The Predators have been overall pretty fortunate on the injury front. They're basically fully healthy right now, with the exception of Tyson Berry being day-to-day, which isn't a huge miss. You don't really need Tyson Berry that bad in the lineup. Um, You do need to trade him, obviously, but it's hard to trade a guy when he's got the salary cap hit that he has right now, and he's on the shelf not playing, so it doesn't really give teams any any desire to trade for the guy. So you're kind of stuck with Tyson Berry right now as he's stuck on the injury shelf. There's not really much you can do right now with Tyson Berry other than wait it out and hope. hopefully somehow you just find a way to get anything you can out of Tyson Berry. But like I said, it's going to be hard to trade him when he's injured like this. But other than that, the Predators are pretty good on the injury front. Now knock on some wood, and we know injuries are going to rear their ugly head, but – as of now, Predators have no excuses to lean on when it comes to injuries. They are very healthy after dealing with some injuries earlier in the season to Tommy Novak. That was a tough one to take. And, of course, Cody Glass. But overall, they've been pretty healthy. So, with that said, let's tell you about DraftKings here, our current offer. As, of course, we are giving you this special edition of Catfish and Ice reacting to the big win over the Stars on Friday night. Um their second win over the division rival in less than a week. And we're about to tell you more about the Saturday night matchup at home against the New York Islanders, a team the Predators haven't seen in over a calendar year. We're about to get into that, but let's tell you about our current offer with DraftKings with promo code THPN. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice this week. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So we've got a loaded NHL slate for you on this Saturday night in January. Let's tell you about some of the matchups coming at you here on this Saturday. First up, we've got... First up, let's look at the line with... The Dallas Stars, or uh, I'm sorry, not the Dallas Stars, with the Predators and the Islanders coming up later tonight. Let's see where DraftKings has this matchup. I would think it's a pretty big toss-up here between these two teams. And right now it is, of course, a toss-up according to DraftKings with the spread being slightly in favor of the Islanders. But that would be a really, really tough game. To bet on Dallas Stars, they are at the Chicago Blackhawks and are pretty heavy favorites, as you would expect, over the Chicago Blackhawks, who are without Connor Bedard, as you would know, with that jaw surgery that he just had to go through. Other Central Division teams in action today, the Philadelphia Flyers are at the Winnipeg Jets, with the Jets being pretty sizable favorites in that matchup. And you've also got... The LA Kings at the Red Wings, Edmonton Oilers at the Canadians, Avalanche at the Maple Leafs. That's one to have circled on your calendar for sure. And that is going to be a really, really close matchup according to DraftKings. All right, so there's some of your Saturday matchups to look at. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL 
and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Let's get you set up for the Preds hosting the New York Islanders. As I said, it's a clash between two teams that are leading their respective wild card races in their own conferences right now. So that is a pretty interesting matchup. Two teams that don't face each other very often. It's the first meeting of the season between these two teams and their first meeting since last December of 2022. Uh, Nashville swept the season series last year. They got a 5-4 win at home and a 4-1 win at home. That 4-1 win, Lankanen had 48 saves. Of course, we're expecting UC Soros to start this game tonight on the back-to-back. Looking at the tail of the tape here, first of all, it's really crazy that how bad Nashville has kind of struggled at home. Very unusual, and it's been well noted how bad Nashville has struggled at home, especially in that last game against the Ducks where – they basically didn't even clock in for work. But um, they're 12, 11, and 0 overall at home, 11, 7, 1 on the road. The Islanders come in with a 19, 12, and 10 record. 10 overtime losses for the Islanders is really what has them where they are in the standings. I mean, you just take away five of those overtime losses and turn them into regulation losses, or then suddenly the Islanders are not even in a wild card spot and maybe. It's that different where teams aren't people aren't talking about them as much. But credit to the Islanders. They figure out ways to at least get to overtime and get a point, something the Predators haven't done as well. They've only got one overtime loss. But, um, yeah, two very evenly matched teams in terms of where they sit in their respective playoff races in their conferences right now, which makes it very, very intriguing matchup for sure. The Islanders are 4-4-2 four, four and two in their last 10 games but most recently got a really exciting and impressive win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime on Thursday. The thing about the Islanders is they're they're a complete team. They have a lot of guys who can beat you. They have three 40-plus point scorers with Matthew Barzell leading the team in points with 45, Noah Dobson with 42 points, and Bo Horvat with 40 points. So three 40-plus point scorers is pretty impressive. They're also ninth in the NHL in power play percentage at 25% on the dot. For comparison, the Predators are 16th in power play. They've kind of remained in that middle ground in terms of power play all year. Of course, we were all intrigued by what the Predators' power play would look like with Andrew Burnett taking over and that being his wheelhouse. And I still think there's a lot that remains to be desired from the Predators' power play. I was... 
my high expectations what the, was that the Predators power play could eventually end up being a top 10 power play. They clearly got a little ways to go, but they have shown noticeable improvement off of last season's power play, which was near the bottom of the NHL at just over 17% success rate. This year, the Predators are much better at 20.8% on the season for the Predators power play. You got two teams that are in the bottom half of the league in scoring. So that's something to keep an eye on. This could be a goalie duel, but you know we've been really worried about Soros lately. He He's just not been um, anywhere near at the level that he needs to be. There are growing calls for Lankanen to get many more starts, share of the starts than than in the past. And I think Andrew Burnett really has to think very, very hard on that. But you also got to keep in mind with the trade deadline being less than two months away. I mean, I don't think Soros is going to be traded, but we've hit this so many times in the last few episodes of this podcast, but something's got to give here. We've seen Iskarov come up here and play in a start, get a start this year when Lankanen was on the shelf with an illness, and and Iskarov got his first NHL win and played looked great. I know it's that's you can't just go crazy over one game, but Iskarov is also just absolutely ripping it apart in the AHL right now. He was just named an AHL All Star. He's he's piling up the shutouts like crazy right now. So you got a lot to chew on right now when it comes to Soros if he continues to struggle badly. And it's not all on Soros. There's been a lot of defensive breakdowns in Soros' starts. So going to really have the spotlight on that in this game. Can Soros come out and put up, put together a really good first period? Get that first period out of the way. Make some really good saves. See the puck well. See the puck in his glove. Settle down. But i got to tell you, on the flip side of that, if the if the Islanders come out in the first 10 minutes of this game and just and they're hunting the puck and they're all over Soros and they 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 break through for the first couple of goals, I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be ugly. And we're gonna hear a lot of boo birds from the Smashville crowd. And it's it's not gonna be pretty. And that might get in Soros's head even more. And it would be catastrophic if for some reason Soros gets chased out of this game. And you got to bring in Lankanen, who just started on Friday. You got to bring him in this game to save Soros. If Soros gets roasted for four or five goals again really quick. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But I'm telling you, the Islanders have the capability, especially on the power play, as I just mentioned, a top 10 power play. Hold your breath that that does not happen. We need Soros to, to put together. He's due right now. Soros is due for a really gem of a start, and and hopefully that can springboard him to get back into a groove like he was from mid-November to December when he was on a really good hot streak and was winning all of his starts and was putting together some good games. The Preds need that badly because there's a lot of questions to be answered with this goalie trio of Askarov, Lankanen, and Soros if Soros keeps looking really, really bad, it's going to make things that more complicated, that much more complicated on what to do with all these goalies going into the trade deadline. But we got some time to figure that out. Looking more at it right now, uh, when it comes to the all-time season series, like I said, the Preds and the Islanders do not meet very often. 
The Preds are 22-8-3 all-time against the Islanders, including that sweep last year over the Islanders. Um, no ties in the in the team's history. And of course, we haven't had ties in a while. But yeah, so pretty good domination overall in the all-time meetings between for the Predators against the Islanders. But like I said, this Islanders team is very different this year. They've got a lot to like about them. Uh, the goalies, last time I checked, haven't been confirmed yet. But of course, we fully expect it to be UC Saros for the Predators. And we expect it to be Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders, who has also been he hasn't been horrible. He's got like a .909 save percentage. He's got Vesna caliber qualities as well, just like Saros does. And his goals against average is above three goals given up per game as well. So that's a little higher than what you would expect from Sorokin. Um, their backup, Simeon Var- Varlamov, has been out for a while. So the Islanders are riding pretty strong right now with Sorokin. And so they haven't played since Thursday, so you would expect Sorokin to be fully available for this game. And it could be a really, really tough game for the Predators to put some goals on the board. So they that might even put the emphasis even more on Saros needing to really respond here and give the Predators his A game. Otherwise, this game could get ugly. It could get ugly fast, almost like it did against the Ducks. And as you know, the Islanders are a much better team than the Ducks. So you better be ready to bring your A game. You don't want to lose the momentum you just built by beating the Stars and put out another dud. It will not be good for this fan base. All right, so with that said, this has been a special edition of Catfish on Ice, episode 217 with your host, Chad Minton. Thanks for hopping in. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you're anywhere in the South or in the Midwest, brace for that winter storm that's coming. We hope you stay safe and stay warm. Until then, take care, everybody. We'll be back for a live episode of Catfish and Ice next week with my co-host, Max Greenberg. Take care, everybody.